Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, everybody. On today's episode of the Nerd Nest Podcast, we talk extensively about the fantastic games that just came out last week. I already thought that 2023 was one of the best years in gaming ever. And then Nintendo just dropped Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Insomniac just dropped Spider-Man 2 on the PS5. Uh, We've got Alan Wake 2 coming out, I think, next week. There's so many good games this year that, uh, like, in a couple of episodes, we'll probably be doing our Game of the Year discussion. And when we do that, it's going to be tough for us to decide which are our favorite games for the year. I know... For me, I keep going back and forth between a couple of them. So um, we're not talking about all the games this year, though. Today on this episode, we're just talking about the games from October. We also uh, take a look at the Analog 3D, which is really interesting uh, emulation hardware that we're going to dive into. Uh, And then we, of course, it's October, so we got to talk about our favorite scary games. So... If all that sounds good to you, then let's get started. Well, let's let's just jump right into it. And I want to start by talking about, like, we've got these ridiculous releases happening in uh, October. We just had last week, or maybe this week, whenever, uh, we had Spider-Man 2, we had Super Mario Wonder, Next week, we have uh, Alan Wake 2, which I don't know about you guys, but I'm super pumped for. Uh, but let's let's just start by talking about the games that we've been playing. I have been playing Super Mario Wonder. Um, Russ, in the, um, in the pre-show stuff, we were talking, you were just mentioning Super Mario Wonder. What, like, what's your, what's your take with that game so far and how long you've been playing it for? Yeah, uh, well... Officially, I've been playing it since it released, <laughs> but uh, also it was available before then. So I did a little bit of testing. I mean, you kind of got to give me a break because my, my cat died last week and I was like, I really need something like to pick for me sure. up, you know? And so that game really, really helped. But anyway, uh, so I've been playing it for a while. I'm not super far in it. And that's actually one of the best things about it is that there is no time limit in the game. So I just yeah. jump into a level and just take my time, kind of walk around, be like, oh, where does this go? What does this do? You know what I mean? Usually when you're playing like Mario 1 or Mario 3 and there's that time limit, you're just kind of like, okay, I got to go faster because the faster I finish the game, the more points I'll get, even though the points don't mean anything, you know? And so I've always kind of had that little bit of stress when I'm playing a, a traditional Mario game and that's not there in this one. So that's amazing. The Did thing you... that... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, uh, really quick. Did you dislike Super Luigi U then? The the Luigi one where it was like a minute and a half timer? Yeah, never even played it. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, I was like, I don't want to make Mario harder. You know, yeah. like that's yeah, not yeah, a yeah, thing yeah. for me. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I never even played it. I never got... Yeah. It, it's I. It's the weirdest thing is that I haven't beat a Mario game since Mario Three. Like it's been uh-huh. that long because I never well. get that far into it. I, I it just gets harder and harder and more stressful. And there's this point where I'm just like, I'm gonna go back and play World One again because I like yeah. the repetitive kind of feel of playing a game. Sometimes that exploratory feeling. It's like a and that's, this one definitely too. has it. Yeah, and the other thing is Mario Two is my favorite game. Mario Brothers Two because you get to wow. pick your different characters, so they all have mm-hmm. a different feel to them. And there's all these interesting mechanics to it. Like you get into a level, you have no idea you're going to pick your character. You have no idea if that's going to be a good character for that level. You're just kind of guessing, right? And you you never know where you're going to end up and how you're going to have to get to wherever you're going to need. There's some really similarities between Super Mario Wonder and Mario Two as well. Like the fact that they have those I don't know the names of anything, but in Mario Two Badges? you have like the potion. 
yeah, the matches. like a potion thing where you go to another world, like oh, it's yeah, a dark yeah. world. You know oh, what I mean? And right. this one, you have that. Also, you have the little flower thing that'll take you to another world, and it's a whole other dynamic in the same level. And so, yeah. there's just these little things that, to me, are parallels between Mario Two more so than any of the others. I know everyone says it's like Mario World. I don't see that. For me, it's more more like Mario Two. And so, I've been really enjoying that. Yeah. So both I, both I, seem I, good go. on hallucinogenics. there you there you have it um so the first off i really like the comparison with super mario 2 which is a game that everybody gives crap to but i always Mm -hmm. adored i thought that that game was fantastic um you know you've got the different characters and they all have their own powers but in this one everybody plays exactly the same with the exception of uh, Nabbit and somebody else who are basically impervious to anything like that. So your mm. your uh, you know little 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 kids can enjoy the game along with you. Um, but everybody plays the same. But you get all of that customization back through the badges system, um, right? Yeah. So, so I really like that. Have you guys found like a favorite badge that you've been sticking with so far, uh, Russ? No, I, I'm again. I'm not super far in the game. I only have like three or four badges. I've just been sticking with the parachute one, just because it can help me. And just like in a in a pinch, you know, I've been really enjoying that. So yeah, and I like the other reason I like the parachute one is because you can kind of get to places you're not supposed to get to, mm. and I like the reactions that the little flowers give. Like, hey, you can come here. <laughs> <Stuff like that. laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love those guys. I, I know there's like a way you can turn them off. I'm like, I would never turn those guys never. off. Like, I love yeah. hearing what they have to say. Yeah, they're very supportive. Yeah, <laughs> they are. And they give you they give you clues, too. You know, so like mm-hmm. if you're not like sometimes you're not sure what to do, uh, you can get like a little hint. Um, like there was a there's an area in the background and I didn't mm. even notice it until I oh, came across yeah. one of the flower guys and he was like, I wonder how you get back there. And I was like, yeah. back there. And I That's stopped awesome. and, and looked and I was like, oh, there is a thing back there. Let me go try all of the little warp pipes and see if any of them take me back there. One of them did. Yeah. I went and yeah. got a thing, like a, the purple star, which is like, if you're comparing to this to Super Mario World, it's like the, the Yoshi coins that you collect. Or if you've yeah. gone all the way through the game, then the princess coins. Um uh, so I went back there, got that, and then when I came back, he was like, "So you can get back there," and I was like, "That was really cool." Um, yeah, yeah. As far as the badges, I really like the parachute badge too. Um, although yeah. I have been changing things up. If you're on the badge screen and you hit the L button, the prince—I don't know—I skipped over the story stuff and just pressed X to get past it. But the prince Saints. will pick one for you, um, oh. just at random. So you can you can do different stuff. So like, there's one badge where you can have like do you remember in super mario world the exclamation point blocks that you would mm-hmm. that you could un- you, like hit those and it would unlock like the red ones and then the blue ones or whatever mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. can get those as well and there was like a, a a level that i was on where a bunch of thwomps were coming down and the blocks blocked the thwomps from hitting oh, me that's amazing and i never would have picked that as a choice yeah. But because I just hit random, I ended up getting to do that, which I thought was really cool. So um, it's like procedurally cool. generated. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been playing it. And I, I so, Russ, you've been playing exclusively emulated, it sounds like? Uh, back and forth. You know, I, yeah, uh, I just forth. made a video about it. And so I was showing a little bit of it. And But, yeah, I'm, I'm my save game is in emulation. And so I've been yeah. moving that across platforms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say I didn't want to set up emulation because it was just I'm in the middle of like three different videos. Right. And so I just didn't feel like I had the time to to set up what I wanted to set up. So I just started playing it on the switch. And it's the first time I've really been playing on the switch since the Steam Deck came out. And so it prompted me because my hands do cramp up a little bit on just the Mm. regular switch. It did prompt me to buy a Nitro deck. So it's on the way. Oh, (laughs) all the marketing that 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 they've been doing heavily on that thing like i'm like all right let me try it let me see if it works yeah. for me so i did like next day delivery on the nitro deck but i've been enjoying the game i like that um have you noticed that like if you don't get everything it doesn't give you like the little check mark on the mm. on the map screen so mm-hmm. i'm a little bit of a completionist sometimes and so like th- those things bug me so i go back and try to get the check mark so kind of like you russ i haven't gotten too far some of that is just me going back to to play levels i already did uh right. i like the the like oh i didn't even think somehow i didn't even think about alternate exits 
until I found one and I'm like, oh, right. Alter to exits. So, yeah, it's been fun to get back into Mario. Yeah, you know, if yeah, you read about the development of the game, I was going to say, they, they, you know, the, we read about the development of the game. They talk about how the developers were not given a deadline. They were just like, create, you know, and they did. And I, I think I that love that's that. part of that, you know. And so I really love it. There's, there's a part with those little flower guys in the very first level. I played it a bunch when I was working on my video. So I kind of like, I noticed the little things and it says, oh, that Goomba is sleeping so peacefully. And then if you kill the Goomba, Goomba he goes, well then. <laughs> That's all he says. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's just this little thing in the very first level, and it's just those little little touches are so nice. I noticed while I was playing yesterday, I have a little bit of an aversion to like bumping the Goombas in this game. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Like I I bump all the Goombas, so this is new to me. I've, I've this is yeah. uncharted territory. But for some reason, I'm, I'm I have a little bit of aversion, and I'm playing a little bit pacifist in this game. And maybe it's because there's so much more personality. Right. You know, it's, it's the thing is, yeah. like, if you look at the Goombas in, like, Mario World, those guys are jerks. Like, they That's see right. you when they come for you. You know what I yeah. mean? These ones, they're just kind of living their lives. Like, you don't need That's to murder it. them, you know? Yeah. So. That's it. I have no no problem murdering the Goombas, uh, <laughs> even a little. Um, I like the, the, the new Goombas that have, like, a shell, and you have to, like hit him once to get rid of that shell, and then you got to hit him oh, a second yeah. time. I like the mm-hmm. way that they look. Like, they look really cool. And everything everything in this game looks alive and fantastic and my god they should have done this years ago to the mario franchise it's just (laughs) so different and like even the jump sound sounds different it's just Mm -hmm. it's really really amazing um, I'm probably I got half the badges, almost half the badges. Uh, so I've been playing a ton. And you know, uh, Rich, you talked about comfort. <laughs> oh man, um, my pro controller had drift, so I ended up like chucking it because it was it it, it wasn't connecting, and when it did connect, there was drift because I had it since I bought the switch. So I ended up chucking it, and I haven't bought a new one because I haven't been playing any switch games except for tears of the kingdom um which i didn't really feel that like it didn't really bother me all that much but with this game Mm. i am getting hardcore cramps in my hands when i'm playing it and i need to either pick up a new uh pro controller or that that thing but at the same time like we're at the end of the switch's life cycle and i I don't want to spend that money on this thing that's i'm going to use for this game and I probably will never play again. I don't know what else Nintendo has planned, but I know that I'm gonna. I'll just end up getting the next Switch, and so I feel like I'm throwing money away by buying mm-hmm. an accessory for my yep. Switch that I 100% guarantee won't work with whatever Nintendo brings out uh, next. So uh, I don't know, Carrie. I know that you haven't been super hyped for this because you prefer 3D Mario, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, to 2D Mario. Have you uh, played Super Mario Wonder yet? Nope, haven't played it yet. Um, uh, I will play it eventually someday, but I don't have any particular drive uh, to play it at the given moment. I see different people on on Twitter like sharing different things. Like there's one guy just speed running a level by jumping on bubbles. Apparently, mm. people didn't know that you could do it, um, and it looked pretty obvious from my point of view. But I haven't played it, um, so there's just like little things from there. But for me, like when I look at Mario Wonder, it the only thing I get from it, especially from the early trailers, is the, I would probably say, like, the secret sauce that Nintendo does. is They've been doing it forever, but um, they sweat the little details. And the little details are what I think a lot of people wind up liking. Like, I had Russ mentioned, like, the well then. Like, it's the, right. it's just a, a tiny little thing that would have been easily missed, but it's just this correlation between what you're doing and how the game is reacting but even uh, when you look at Mario Wonder, the game looks absolutely fantastic, even though the Switch is a low-powered device. You look at every Nintendo game, Luigi's, uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, 3 that came out, right? Gorgeous. Like, that looks amazing on the Switch. Yep. And it's like, these guys are going the next level of just tuning, mip-mapping every little bit that they can. They're like, well, this is a, almost a free performance thing, right? Like, it doesn't cost us anything. But if we do our work... And we just go and max out how mit mapping works on and how that looks. And just spending the time, I think, is like the secret sauce that Nintendo has. 
uh, and it's probably exemplified basically just listening to what you guys are saying. So I'm probably going to enjoy it when it comes out, but uh, the only game I've been playing has been Spider-Man 2. Which we will definitely be talking about very shortly, because uh, I do want to talk about that. But one thing that I wanted to mention about um, Mario Wonder is something that um, I know that Russ, there's no way that Russ has experienced this yet because he's been playing it emulated. And uh, we, I talked to Rich, and Rich, you said that you have not tried the online mode. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. so the online mode is really cool. Like, it's, I am very shocked that Nintendo, first off, they are notorious for being bad at everything internet. Um, this is a very interesting way to handle um, online multiplayer with... Uh, a platformer so first off i have not played with friends yet i've just been playing it with like randoms so when you're playing the game you can go to like you can just bring up your map screen or your start button and you can say go ahead and connect and then the next time that you go into a level there's going to be other people there and they're like semi-transparent and you Mm. can see them like moving around and doing stuff and if they if they squat down and uh, they press the duck button and they press I think it's X. It doesn't matter. You press a button, they'll leave behind this little uh, stand-up, like a cardboard stand-up of their character, and it's in a shadow. Like, it's it's blacked out, almost like it's turned around, and you're just looking at the, the black silhouette of this cardboard cutout. And if you get killed, you turn into a ghost, and you have five seconds or something to either have another player rescue you so like when you're playing you can see other ghosts and they'll be screaming help me help me help me and you can just go touch that ghost and it comes back which is cool but if nobody's around and you're playing online then there will be little cardboard cutouts and if you had if you have touched it once before it'll go from being this black cutout to being like you know mario or peach or yoshi and you can see like the character and if you can swim, ghost swim back to that, it'll revive you. And then that hmm. player gets like credit for saving people. It's hmm. really cool. Um, that is cool. And then there's this other thing where sometimes when you're playing and you get to the end, it like it'll say in the bottom left, it'll be like Toad, Blue Toad got to the end or finished the level or something. And sometimes I finish the level and I haven't figured out what this is or how this works yet, but somebody, they'll be not transparent and they'll get on like the, the flagpole at the end of the level with me and it'll be like, everybody got to the end together. And I'm like, huh. haven't, I'm not sure how that is working. Is there's some kind of right. weird online magic that Nintendo's doing here? which is not something I thought I would ever say because they're they're so bad at it. But if you, uh, obviously, Russ, because you're playing it emulated, you'd have to, like, you'd lose your save if you booted it up on your Switch, so you can't do right. that. But, Rich, you got to try it. It's really cool. I will. I will. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And I know the ki- I haven't played with the kids yet, but I know my two kids, they've been playing multiplayer together, and they seem to be enjoying that. Mm. So, yeah, it seems like they delivered on all fronts. Yeah, my oldest Absolutely. son, uh, he's he's really into, like, difficult games right now. He's, like, going through and 100%ing Celeste right now. I mean, he's just crazy about that stuff. And awesome. he, I, I, I had taken the cartridge hostage uh, up until last night because I was making my video about it. Uh, but I, I gave it to him. And I was like, hey, here it is. And uh, he, he, like, stayed up late and then, like, went to sleep and then woke up early. And he's just been playing it the whole time. And so he's probably going to beat it today. Like, he's just really into it right now, which is awesome. That's great. Gamer cred. Yeah. Gamer cred. <laughs> Russ, yeah. the thing, before we move on, something that that reminds me of is that, like, you said you haven't beat Mario's. Um, but I will say, like, a lot of the mario's between since mario 3 and now like i i feel like they have two different endings right so like i feel like you're a great candidate for the first ending of all the mario's right like Mm. you make it to the first end and it's okay like you've made all the you've done all the like major content most of it is approachable um and they give you like a proper ending right but then after that is when like all right you put the kids to bed (laughs) like it's time for some like hardcore mario time yeah Um, so that that's the stuff that I enjoy and maybe what your son enjoys. Mm. Um, 
but yeah i would know, just watch I, that on youtube if i wanted to yeah, see the alternative <laughs> ending <laughs> yeah exactly well, there's also uh, you know another thing that i really like about this one is that the levels have star ratings that tell you how hard they are so yeah. oh yeah you know, i like that you know russ who doesn't want to do the hard ones he could be oh five star f that i'm out yeah. of here i'm yeah. just gonna go do a couple of one star ones get enough wonder seeds or whatever they're called to un right. unlock the boss room so the yep. thing is about that is actually when I see that it's got a lot of stars, I'm like, well, let's, let's try it. You know what I mean? Because if I die, it's fine. It was supposed to be hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when you're playing other games, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. And so I actually really do appreciate that because it gives me a, a feeling of like satisfaction. Like, for example, if I just beat a game or beat a level that has four stars, I feel good about it. Even if I didn't 100% it, I still did enough. You know what I mean? Then I can move on. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. so that's actually been really helpful for me. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, you know, Carrie set us up for a segue, but I, I wasn't ready for it. Uh, but Carrie, <laughs> you've been playing Spider-Man 2. Um, my son's been playing Spider-Man 2. I have not played it yet. I'm looking forward. To, well, I'm not super excited for Spider-Man 2, only because, like, it's just button mashy. It's a very button mashy. Like, I don't like the combat very much, and I know that everybody else does, so I know that I'm in the minority, but take it away talk tell us about spider-man 2 because i've heard nothing but good things um uh so i played the original spider-man and spider-man miles morales and uh it more or less kind of follows that same thing but it, because it's ps5 only they've been able to beef it up a bunch when you're going through stuff i would say that it doesn't become immediately uh apparent the upgrades that they've done like you can see it if you just stop and look but when you're going through things, I wouldn't say that the uh, graphic fidelity is immediately noticeable. Um, if uh, I don't really notice it unless I stop. So it, I want to just say that because there, while it, it does have that, it still feels like Spider-Man. Uh, the parry system that is in Spider-Man 2 makes combat a little bit easier. I am playing on spectacular difficulty, which I believe is the hardest that you can initially do from the onset. And uh, it, there's difficulty that's there. Basically, you basically can get hit like three times and then you're dead. Um, but because of the spider sense, like you just have to hit a button, either parry or dodge when you see your spider sense turn red. So it's fairly easy combat wise and then as you're i've been leveling up pretty fast uh i think i'm like save wise i'm like 20 percent done with the game um so for the most part in my own personal scoring method i would probably say it's like an eight out of ten um but then again i it starts off very strong and then kind of like meanders wherever it's going right now like it's building up the story and there's just some parts that i'm just not really like caring about like it's like you're with harry you're biking and it's just like trying to tell this story where i'm not a huge i like spider-man but i guess i'm not a big spider-man head where i'm like enjoying if this was almost as like a comic book read through like you're getting to the exposition and all the other stuff uh it's very slow and some of the missions that i'm playing some of the things that they've done just to like the variety the spice of the game so you're not doing the same thing over and over again some of them are kind of cool uh, other ones where you're just like, uh, it's, uh, what is the word for it? It's an Easter egg hunt, a mm. scavenger hunt, mm -hmm. uh, is basically what it does come to into. So you're in an area and you just do a mini scavenger hunt for stuff. And it's just mostly a waste of time because you're like, well, where is it? And it's like on the side of a building and you can immediately see where it is just by doing this, like focus things. You press in R3 and it kind of broadcast out your spider sense and it's not very fun. Uh, so I think they're called like EMF. Uh, there's just like things there. So like right now I'm, I'm in a bad pitch of where Spider-Man 2 is. So I think I'm kind of like in a whatever space for Spider-Man 2. Uh, overall, it's fun. I, the flying part, the web gliding part, I think has been the best inclusion for Spider-Man. Because just like swinging around, swinging around, I always felt was like not fast enough for me. And after you've been doing it for a while, you're like, just let me get to this spot. And I feel like web gliding has been such a great thing where I'll just like do this big swing and then start web gliding to get where I want to get to faster. And you can see the air current. So the sense of speed and traveling uh, around is much, much faster. Mm. So that whole part I've been loving about Spider-Man 2. But it's 
it's pretty much more of the same so far and i'm just waiting for to get to a bit of a crescendo at the moment i'm in a bit of a lull spot where i'm kind of doing some things from a game design standpoint where they're just trying to add variety and i think it's a miss uh in some spaces not all of them uh just in some spaces i don't know how much I, it's still early on so i don't know if it's a spoiler but like you know like you have your little web crawler guy that you you're going through his little oh spot like the robot and, yeah yeah okay um so that that happens again um so there's just things that i guess that are what you would expect uh and it's just more of the same this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate however it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the reese's because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. More so of the same say, seems like what a lot of people want. What were you going to say, Rich? Exactly that, right? So I, um, when we were talking about comfort games, Spider-Man was one of those for me, right? Like, I didn't mind the 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 lack of difficulty, let's say, in a combat um, I felt like there was a rhythm to it that just made it like I could kind of drone out and just enjoy the rhythm of it and then, you know, come back to like the story parts and things like that. And also those different like side challenges. I enjoyed all of them, at least in Spider-Man and Spider and Miles Morales. So I enjoyed those scavenger hunts. Um, they especially I, I think I had turned something off or something on or something to make it a little more difficult but it reminded me when I was in those scavenger hunts it reminded me of like crackdown right like finding mm. the orb and th that was always fun to me um I think crackdown yeah. broke me um I will say uh <laughs> because I did get all 500 agility orbs oh my and, gosh it was uh, so I had good 498 of them and then I got like I did it like by myself yeah, and then I have right. 498. I'm like, I'm only missing two. Let me get a, a a map. And then I went through the entire thing, like xing out the ones I did. And yeah. after I got the last two, I was like, I'm don't think I'm ever going to do this ever again, <laughs> just for an achievement or whatever. Yeah. Like it was something that I was just like, I got so burnt out from that. It also like. Uh, World of Warcraft burned me out on grinding. If I ever get like a whiff of like a repetitive thing to just do whatever, I immediately get turned off and I just don't yeah. want to do it anymore. Uh, the even though the the combat is like easier, I still love it. I don't want to say that it's it's. I would say that it's still not as good as Batman Arkham Knight was because Batman, I feel still like has a better punctuation of like each hit. Right, like there's just like this like audible cue and everything else that i think batman still does a little bit better than insomniac spider-man mm. however the variety of everything that you can do and then switching between miles and peter parker and their different abilities um the flow that you're talking about there's um there's almost like a creativity to it like you're like i'm going to dispatch them in this manner and it's like you know just like web whipping them up and getting them up and then getting the the power-ups yeah. so that you can then yeah. swing them around and also doing to the brutes and stuff that type of stuff i really enjoy so the combat side of it even though it's relatively simple and it become a little bit easier with the parry system not that's not a knock on the game i'm just saying that that's still probably i probably find myself if i see a crime happening I will make a beeline to it just because I'm like, I feel like having some combat right now, mm. um, as opposed to some yep. of the other stuff that's going on there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've been playing through it, but right now my time has been just atrocious lately. So I've been like kind of like pushing myself. I'm like, I got to just play a game. So I've been pushing myself into Spider-Man 2 whenever I have a free moment. Uh, and really right now I'm waiting to just get into the crescendo part of it, like where the the where we're going to start building back up. But the beginning scene, which I think everyone's seen the Sandman scene, uh, is a phenomenal intro to a game. I think the only part that I would say is a negative, and this is a personal thing for me, I am so opposed to tutorials 
at all. Like if it just says like if it just like pauses and slows down the game and it's like press X to attack and I'm like <laughs> all right, yeah, I I think I could figure out a simple button. Like just let yeah. me fail. Like or like you know press X to jump, press square to to attack and I'm like goodness gracious guys, like yes, I I realize that I can do that. Like you don't have to slow everything down. Just have a tooltip while something is happening. But this like constant um, speed bump that they just mm. pushed in, I felt like is a, is a negative that is like, there's just so much stuff happening and you're like, want to be enthralled in it. And it's just like, look at all this climax, but wait, hold on. Uh, hold down L1 and then press X. Okay, go ahead. I, I don't want <laughs> to um, set you off on another tangent, but I'm curious. How do you feel? How do you feel about holding a button to confirm something? <laughs> like waiting oh, for the <laughs> that 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 whole mechanic that they've entered into um i don't know why game devs have gotten into that whole thing but it seems like all of them have universally agreed to like hold to confirm yeah. um i don't when did that start like could you find the origin of when that like really started happening in every game dev like yeah that's that's a good thing that we should do that i, I think you could i think it was like mid mid to late last generation I, yeah. I, I I can't I can't pinpoint it right I now. I think it started with like when you had to buy something or when you had to like use experience yeah. points, like when yeah. it was an actual like consequential mm -hmm. action. But now exactly. it's just like for anything. They just want to kind of slow the pacing down. Open a chest, you have to hold the button. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking of Final Fantasy Seven uh, remake. Like, yeah. if you want to open a door, you walk up, you hold triangle for a long time, and I'm like, right. Part of me is like, did they do this? to add four seconds to gameplay so they could say that they have this much time. We put 4,000 doors in this game. Each yeah. one's four seconds. Divide that by, that's an extra hour or something, right. you know? And it drives me crazy. I feel like and it's, it's to imply labor. I, what's Sorry, that? Oh, yeah. Off. I mean, that makes sense, but yeah. I don't I don't need that. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But, that's one thing that they actually do in Spider-Man 2 that I am on the fence about. So, uh, like, there's, like, a, a marker, right? And you're getting to it to start a mission. Uh, it, there's, like, two different things to it. And I, I feel like I'm I'm getting whiplash between both of them. You know those text stashes that they have where you can just, like, press triangle or, or square to, like, open up the thing to get spare part, the tech parts or whatever? Um you have to stand directly in front of it instead of being anywhere around it and then wait for like the little button to like highlight. I always hate that because like, come on, just let me get the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then they have the other side of it where if there's a mission marker, if you're like 20 meters away from it or whatever it is, you don't even have to be like on it. It will just immediately start the mission. So you don't even have to press a button. You just go near it and it just starts you into it, which is, oh, a, it's a weird whiplash between the two different ones where it's like, just do the thing and wait, hold on. I, w I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just near there. I wasn't going there. I was actually going to the crime scene that right. I was swinging by, but it actually just started me into the mission. Mm. Um, so that's like a weird juxtaposition that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. So whenever I see a mission marker, I'll like make a, give it a wide berth if I'm trying to go to somewhere else, <laughs> uh, because it will auto initiate a mission if you're just within a general proximity of where it needs to start. Mm. I would yeah. really like to see uh, as like a, a way to fix that is because I ran into this in uh, Forza Horizon 5 is when I wanted to go start a race, I would accidentally like drive, like I wouldn't hit the brakes hard enough and I drive past mm. the point where you had to be like within this radius in order to start it. So what would be the best way to handle that, in my opinion, is as you drive by a thing or swing, if you're Spider-Man or whatever, just have it go into a list, kind of like in Diablo 3, when you were using a controller and you looted stuff, it went into a list in the bottom right corner, bottom left corner, and you could just use your D-pad to go through that list real quick and say, I want to do that, I want to do that, I want to do that just have that happen as you swing by or as you go up to a chest or when you drive by a thing in Forza, uh, all of that would be better than trying to make sure that your character is standing in the exact right spot or accidentally triggering stuff that you don't actually want to trigger. Um, mm. Russ, have you been playing Spider-Man? Cause I know that Rich and I haven't yet. No, I have not. I, I am, uh, I'm two thoughts, right? Number one is that Spider-Man 
the first one wasn't a great fit for me. Part of that has to do with Crackdown because I did the same thing where I tried to get all the agility orbs and then I had a red ring of death and I lost my save game. And mm-hmm. so like I never went back and I was just kind of, you know, feeling bad about that. But so I, I, I've, I've always been really kind of uh, apprehensive about those types of games. Like, for example, with the first Sp- Spider-Man, went through all the tutorial stuff, went through the story stuff. And then all of a sudden they're like, OK, and now the world is unlocked for you. And I immediately turned it off. And I was like, I'll get to that now when I have time, basically. And I never got back to it. Too intimidating. Yeah, it's just too much. And so now I'm of the thought with Spider-Man 2, I'm like, oh, I hope it comes to PC because maybe by then I'll play through the first two, you know, like that and Miles Morales, you know. And so I'm just not not ready for it yet, but I'm I'm very patient. And so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to wait if it does come to PC. I haven't been playing it, but I ended up uh, reinstalling Spider-Man, like the first one on my PS5, because it's part of their Game Pass. I can never remember what it is. PS Plus. It's part of PS Plus. So I I don't have to buy it. I don't have to buy Miles Morales. I installed it, and I started playing again, and I'm like, I'm fighting Kingpin right now. So that's like Mm. super, super early. Yeah. Um, And I'm with you. I probably will still play it on ps5 just because my pc is kind of trash like it's 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 showing its age at this point um Mm. but i want to play the first one in miles morales before because like it's a story heavy game right like i want to make sure that i let i that i get the whole story and so i think you should yeah i don't i don't feel like i want to start at spider-man 2 and then be like well i guess i better go to youtube and find out what happened so yeah uh, i haven't been playing it either there's yeah. um they have a button they can press when you're starting the game to get a recap of what what was going on so it can get you up to speed. Um, I did that uh, as well just to get like a, a refresher because I never finished Miles, uh, I never finished Spider-Man One either. Um, but both of them, I kind of I'm probably gonna finish Spider-Man Two just because uh, I prefer the direction that they're going with it. Like just from the trailers and stuff, like I want to get to a certain segment of the thing. We know Venom's in there, right? So I want to get to Venom at least um, mm. is what it, what it really comes down to uh, for me. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wish that like accessibility options are great and all. And I think accessibility is great. But one of the best things about accessibility is that you can turn things on or off. And I think I would like to just have a general option to not show me tutorials. Mm. Um you know, you look at like uh, Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. One of the best things that I think everyone universally agrees on is like, I didn't know you could do that. Uh, the sense of discovery on like different things is part of the joy of the game. And if you just have a tutorial telling you each and everything and like having you like forced to do this thing, it takes away some of the coolness of it. And it's more of a chore. Um, I just would rather fail. Like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do here? Uh, and I'd rather have a tooltip show up or something. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it, that's my sense of how things are. Mm. I much preferred how Breath of the Wild handled things. Um, Tutorial-wise, you look at, like, Dark Souls and everyone loving Dark Souls. Uh, they kind of don't hold your hand. They're just like, figure it out. Go out there mm-hmm. and figure things out. And it's a very old-school mentality. But I still think that some of the best games that are, like, gaudy tier are all the ones that don't have big tutorials. I I have one more thing I want to say about Spider-Man, but I want to follow up on that. There's a game, I'm sure, you, Carrie, you may have had a chance to play it, but I'm sure most people didn't. Mosolina. Mosolina is out oh. right now. Um, it's a small indie puzzle game, and it and it gives you almost no instructions, and it's the it's the best for that. So like, basically, you have to get like the MacGuffins in the level. It's like a single screen puzzle platformer thing. You have to get the MacGuffins, and you have to make it back to the goal. That's that's the game, and they give you these tools, but the thing is, the tools are randomized. So you may get the the gun that shoots out like an elevator, or you may get the sh- the gun that shoots out these little platforms, or you may get the gun that shoots out these long platforms that are really unstable, and it's all like physics based. And the the weapons you get or the uh, tools you get and the level you get may not match each other. So it is possible that you end up in a scenario where you can't finish the level, uh, and it doesn't I don't tell like that. you that. But the thing is, it's really low stakes. Like you'll, you'll, you have like, 
it's going to take you like 30 seconds to try basically mm. 30 to 60 seconds to try and it's going to start you on the next level immediately whatever the next level is it's going to randomly generate it so it's really low stakes and then that feeling you get when you thought it was impossible and you do it anyway like that feels really good um so i it sounds more miserable than it is um <laughs> i would i would recommend giving it a try um but yeah it's really strange what's the, what's the name of it called again it's Mosalina, so like Mona Lisa, except the letters oh, okay. are transposed. Yeah. There's um. Have you any of you guys heard of uh, Frog Fractions? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Frog Fractions is a game that I would recommend you guys play, um, and it's it's along the same lines. The developer really has a a sense of uh, when we were all kids growing up, and it was almost like that schoolyard talk of you didn't know if people were bullshitting you or not, or like uh, BSing you yeah. or not, or uh, you know just kind of you couldn't know if something was going to happen. So you'd go home and try it later on. Uh, so you'd have this. Unlock Akuma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, Mortal uh Kombat. yeah. Guile's handcuff, uh, ability. Combo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's that type of thing where, um, frog fractions has that where you play it and it's like, well, this is a very simple game. And then all of a sudden it goes off the deep end real fast. And then you're experiencing the game. And it's one of those games, much like dark souls is, uh, where if you go on the internet to learn how to play the game, you are actually doing a disservice to yourself because you are uh, not giving yourself the chance to learn what the game is trying to like convey to you. Uh, so there's an interesting idea there, which I really love, is that finding things your own are like where the fun of the game is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I get a similar feeling with Braid back in the day, like on the PS3 when I played that one, because it just it gives you a little bit of tutorial and then it's like, OK, we're going to we're going to step it up and you need to step it up now, too. And we're not going <laughs> to tell you how, basically. And yeah. so I really enjoyed that aspect of Braid because uh, it was frustrating for me some at, sometimes at times. But when I would actually get it, I would be like, oh, that's awesome. And like, I got to remember how I did that because I'll never yeah. be able to do that again. You know, I really yeah. like that feeling. Yeah, that was really good. By the way, That's the last awesome. thing I wanted to say about Spider-Man was I have a friend that is really enjoying it. And he said, and this is something I'm going to do because this is my kind of jam. He said, for extra challenge, I recommend putting fall, like t putting enabling fall damage and taking off all the auto swinging stuff. So you're just, if you fall from, <laughs> from large heights because you can't manage the swinging, you just, you just, Die. you know, kick the bucket. <laughs> I saw a video so, of somebody who had turned off the uh the auto swing the swing assistance or something yeah and they smacked into the side of a building real hard and died I love and it. it was very funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i'm at least gonna try that if it doesn't work for me if i'm not into it then i'm not into it but that sounds like something i have to try yeah yeah um real quick uh, i'm just gonna go ahead carrie Oh, no, the only thing I was going to say is that uh, the best thing I think about for Spider-Man 2 for me has been that it's been a great palate cleanser uh, because it's been the exact opposite of what Starfield was. Uh, Starfield was like, felt like everything was loading. So you're just loading everywhere constantly. And the sense of progression, how fast things are in Spider-Man 2 have been refreshing uh, compared against that. So that's the only thing I wanted to say. Which is good because it, I guess the game's... People are gonna people get mad about this, but it's only twenty hours. I'm like, that sounds fine to me. I, that Perfect, doesn't bother yeah. me. That's even more, that's more than enough. Yeah, It'd be beautiful. Yeah. yeah, let's move on and talk about the I, Russ. I thought of you as soon as I saw this thing. I'm hyped for it uh, because the N64 is one of my favorite systems mm. of all time. <laughs> but I know this is gonna be too expensive. The analog 3D. Um, first off, you were probably relieved that it wasn't another analog pocket with like uh, stickers on it or something. Uh, exactly. It's something new. What's what was your reaction to the analog 3D? And actually, before you give your reaction, tell people what this thing is. Yeah, so it's a new console they're working on. They say it's going to come out in 2024. That uh, is just showing like really shadowy images, so we can't really see what it is yet. You know, they are making a new controller for it too, but it is focused on Nintendo 64. Initially, when I thought saw it, I was like, "Oh, great! This will be a nice home console FPGA. We'll be able to use like the analog uh, OS like software, Open FPGA, to be able to play other games on it too. And so it'll be like a basically a home consoleized mister that has all of the configuration set up and i was like that sounds great super nintendo you know nintendo games and then also nintendo 64 that'd be awesome and then i read the fight and print which is in a gray font on a black background so you can barely see it and they say it will only play cartridges 
We're not going to be able to play ROMs. It's not going to support F- F- open FPGA. And so I'm like, I am not going to pay because this thing is going to be expensive. It's probably be four or $500. And I'm like, I'm not paying that much to just be able to have HDMI out on a Nintendo 64. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's ruined my day. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't read that fine print. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, it's got 4K uh, output on the on the HDMI. It's probably going to look pretty good. Right? I don't, no. Not Nintendo no, 64 Because games. those polygons are still going right. to look bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, so, and if it's FPGA, then there's not going to be any, like, widescreen hacking, right? Like, that's I, not... Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know enough to know what they've done with the mr core because they're working on mr core for it you know i've been working on it for a while i haven't tested it yet i have a mr i still haven't unboxed it unfortunately um but yeah i can't imagine they're going to be adding hacks like that especially because it's not really analogs mo they're just like hey you can play your game the way it was meant to be played you know and that's like it and so uh i don't see it yeah unless they're they have workarounds embedded in it we find out later that yeah you can do open fpga but you got to press this button or whatever you know the little things that they do where they they get it hacked the console hacked or whatever i'm hoping that that is a factor and that we will have that sometime in the future but if not yeah to be honest nintendo 64 catalog is not something for me it's worth spending that much money on before you I mentioned like, well they did that in uh with the analog pocket right exactly like it came yeah. out and it was like you could only do cartridges and then they did a firmware update and they were like all right now you can do your sd card if you want yeah and so but the thing is they didn't ever come out and say with the analog pocket that they were not going to support open fpga that was something they said that they were going to have in it you know what i mean and so that's that's what has me thinking is that maybe they won't do it is because they're already from the get-go saying no i don't know we'll see um it's a I don't know. They're in a weird spot. I'd have to agree with everyone. Like I was when I first saw it, I was like, "How much is this thing going to be?" Mm. Um, and I, I don't know. I I mean, it's really cool and all, but there's that um, that new uh, RetroTink 5K uh, 5X, right? Uh, which is using that new FPGA that is looking fantastic with putting old consoles in and then upscaling, um, and it's looking fantastic. And I keep on seeing updates and where the dude is like having it auto detect, so no one has to really even go into profiles and stuff to like change oh, whatever yeah. it is mm-hmm. um so he showed it working on uh symphony of the night on ps1 and how it auto detected it and i was like dude this thing is looking fantastic more and more better by the day so it's like i'm looking at that and i'm like man with just a super nice oled you don't need crt you can just have this um and i already have a really nice oled so this is already like ticking all the boxes for me where i might just get the 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 new retro tank um yeah, the new analog uh, 64 thing. I, I'll wait and see. I still have, I mean, I have, I have like 60 and 64 games, like physical and 64 games. And I also have the EverDrive 64. Uh, I actually have my N64 plugged in over there. Mm. What's funny is my son just recently started playing Super Mario 64. I've always, he's, whenever I say anything's really cool, he never, even when he was a little kid, anything I said was cool was not cool. And right, any, for sure. what YouTuber he liked. Uh, said was cool he would do it and then he saw like the um super mario uh reverse jump whatever that's called up the steps and stuff and he's yep. like oh i gotta oh, do right. that so i i put in my super mario 64 cart and it still has all my saves still working <laughs> uh so i had did 120 stars so cool. on, on two different profiles and i was like oh yeah i got my 120 stars on both of them and he looked at me he was like and i was like that's right gamer chris <laughs> that's <laughs> right that's right uh, i was like i did that when i was your age um so then he started playing through it so i have my my original n64 still hooked up with my original uh super mario 64 cartridge in it so i'm i'm i was huge on super mario um this 64 the n64 so uh, in one part i'm really happy for it but i don't really like the direction that analog is done with anything that they've been doing um i still don't own anything that they've never made uh i do like the idea of fpgas in general um but they're still something that needs to be programmed right um so there are still some 
things that they borrow from other stuff and you still have some not hardware specific things that should be happening. So mm. there's errors that still happen. Uh, and they fit, they patch them up and stuff. So I still love the idea of an FPGA uh, insofar as like you're not, you don't care about frequency or anything, right? You're basically trying to make it operate like a Super Nintendo or operate like an Amiga. So it does yeah. one Amiga operation per second or it does one Super Nintendo operation per second when you switch it up, which is really awesome. Uh, but then again, that RetroTink the new retro tank, I think, is uh, something I care about a little bit more. Uh, yeah. One thing I was confused by with the analog is that everybody seems excited about the controller. And I thought, like, I thought we came back around. I thought the Trident controller was the way to go. Are people not, not into the Trident controller again? Has it swung back? What happened? Well, this one's in a shadow, so there's that. I think yeah, I you think can it only see cool. the face buttons. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it looks to me like they're partnering with 8-BitDo. Yep. Because mm -hmm. if you look at it, you can see just barely, and I should put this on screen, but you can just barely see the 8-BitDo little heart thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you are, if you're looking carefully, uh, just to the like right at the middle, you can just mm. barely see that little eight bit dough heart. Now, I, I don't follow enough eight bit dough stuff to know whether or not this is an existing controller, but I think it looks fantastic. And so there's uh, a connection between them too. So the CEO okay. of Analog, uh, like if you go to his website, it show it says marketing director, marketing lead of eight bit dough. I don't know if that's previous or present or whatever, oh. but they've got a connection between the two. Of oh, them. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And, and if you get the analog pocket dock, like it specifically like has compatibility with eight bit dough controllers, like they have them listed out, which ones they support. So there is definitely some sort of partnership going on there. I think the reason I'm interested in this mostly is because I don't have to deal with configuring Jack. Um, I've run into so many issues where like I bought the 8-BitDo Sega Mega Drive controller and I have a Super Nintendo style controller and my emulation system is like, well, I don't know what to do with these things unless I <laughs> reconfigure it every single time. And if you've ever tried dealing with an N64 controller to get that authentic feeling experience, it's always kind of a nightmare because it had such a weird face button layout. So like this means that I can just plug it in, put in my copy of Blast Core or whatever, and play, and that's going to be really, really fun. But the fact that it only plays cartridges and is going to be stupidly expensive because, like, paying $250 to play your Game Boy games is ridiculous. I'm yeah, sure that that's high, high build quality. I haven't had it in my hands. But is it $250 worth of build quality? I don't know. <clears throat> Um, so who knows how much this thing's going to cost? It looks cool though, and that's that's why I'm excited about it because I like to get excited about stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For sure. Uh, speaking real quick, this is like nothing to do with anything, but did any of you guys, when you were kids, uh, take the Trident controller and pretend you were Wolverine? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that, but no, I, I never did that. But I always I used to that. put it like right here, and like, oh yeah, <laughs> chunky. My mother had a. Go ahead. I was going to say, I've never held a Nintendo 64 controller. I, I missed really? that whole generation. So oh, I've never actually off. played it. I've only played were, emulation on it. Yeah. Were you out of the generation entirely? Or like, were you into PS1? Or uh, I had a little like bit. Like, like, I had a friend who had PS1. Girls. Yeah, but it was all girls and sports at the time. And so For I had a friend sure. with PS1. We played some of the games on that. But that was it. I didn't play any of the other stuff. Never even touched Nintendo 64. <laughs> yep. It's a terrible controller. I don't know whoever thought it was a good idea. Um, but... It led to so many innovations that were important that I'm glad that it exists, even though I hope we never vi revisit that ridiculous thing again because it was bad. <laughs> yeah, the, the, That's the, fair. The Rumble Pack came out with it, um, yep. the analog stick. It did, it did a, a number of things that were really important um, and that still carried on forward. Um, I know it, we give... We give the credit to Alien, but it had dual analog for for Goldeneye. Right. If you use that scheme, yeah. So there's that, was that something too. I, I learned a long time later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never played that in the moment where with with the two. For those of you who are watching this, who have no idea, you could play <laughs> a first person shooter, uh, Goldeneye uh, 007, 
with two N64 controllers, one in each hand, and you had a tr you had each one had one trigger and each one had a thumbstick, and it was like the like like having two trigger or two thumbsticks on a controller. I don't know anybody in real life no that ever actually did didn't, that. Didn't know it was impossible. Yeah, you could. Mm. Um, or maybe you couldn't. Maybe it's one of those uh, those things like you guys were talking about, yeah. like unlocking Akuma. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, well, I was actually huge on the N64. There was an import shop that was really close to where I lived, and they because uh, Japanese N64 came out like a year early. Um, I got a chance to play Super Mario 64 like a year early, like not too much, but I was waiting. Uh, and then Blockbuster had an N64 uh in their kiosk thing like six months before and i would go there all the time to play it uh i was huge on the n64 mm. even not only had two games when it first came out for like ever <laughs> you guys might know i had a vhs was that from nintendo power i had a vhs for mario 64 like before the nintendo 64 was out and it was just like a demonstration of the game like oh, no. to get me excited and there was like a wireframe of the controller on the box of the vhs it was amazing i have no idea where even where though, i got that from even though i was more of a nintendo head during the sega nintendo generation um i never subscribed to nintendo power i was uh, always game pro and egm oh. mm. that was it that was all the magazines i ever had yeah, I've got to find out what this tape is. When I Google it, it's just rare Mario 64 tape worth lots of money, and you made a mistake throwing that out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now, true, and now everybody tries to keep everything in case it retains its value, but because everybody does that, it never, it never right, ever right. gets that gets that value. Um, right. All right. Well, we're we're coming up on the end of October, and uh, the the last this. I don't I, I don't know off the top of my head if there's other huge releases coming this year, but uh Alan Wake two has gotta be I think it might be like the last big release of the year. Uh I don't I don't know who else is interested in that game. I know that I am. I but I don't I don't want to talk too much about that particular game, but it's it's spooky season. My wife gets mad at me when I say spooky season, but I, I think it's fun to to say that. Um and I was wondering what are your favorite horror games? Like yeah. What are the games that you love to play to get scared? Uh, Russ? Uh, so Resident Evil 4. Yeah, still the original one. Like, I played that earlier through this year on my Steam Deck. And uh, it's it's not that it's my favorite. It's just the one that I can tolerate because I am such a wuss <laughs> with those games, you know. And so there's a Steam Pals episode coming out at the end of this month where I think, you know, we'll talk about, like, what our scariest games are. And that's going to be mine. And it's funny, but for the testing, and like, I filmed uh, some of that earlier this week. I played through the game, you know, just a little bit again. And then I was like, let me boot up the remake, you know, the demo and just play through that. And I noped right out. Like I got like I got to the first <laughs> encounter. I'm like, no, never doing this. And so that's I funny. love that there's a demo because it saved me 60 bucks. But yeah, Resident Evil 4 is what I love. <laughs> and that's like the least scary of the Resident Evil games <laughs> is from what I hear. Because like yeah. seven, seven scarred me for life mm. and uh, eight. Uh, I didn't get very far in, but yeah. I did. I did enjoy what I did, but but seven was insane. Yeah. How scary that game was! I would say uh, that Carrie, five is you... less scary. Uh, five yeah, is less that. scary. I never played that. Yeah, because one. it's in the daylight and it's, you can walk yeah. and shoot. So yeah, dude, oh, you're okay. punching a boulder at the end. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's just an action game. Yeah, uh, I still great. like Resident Evil Five. Um, my the, uh, speaking of the steam pals thing uh the game that i'm actually picking which probably i'll, I'll spoil now is uh condemned mm -hmm. uh the uh, oh. the sega one if you've never played condemned the pc build of it is kind of rough you really need to play with a mouse and keyboard um the steam input stuff to try to map the stuff to it because it was only made for mouse and keyboard so to get that working on controls is rough so you're almost better off unfortunately having like an xbox so that you can emulate the 360 version uh which does work um and that is such a good uh supernatural uh if you ever seen the movie seven um it it has that feel so you're like a detective and there's just really crazy stuff going on you have like a, a blue uh black light thing so you're like discovering stuff so you're uncovering scenes like murder scenes and like really spooky stuff is happening around you um there's one part of the scene that freaked me the f out when i was playing it so you're in a mall 
and there's just mannequins all around. Oh, I and hate as that. you're walking, you turn around and the mannequins like 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 phalanx around you mm-hmm. you don't notice it unless you turn around but they're like right in front of your face when you turn around it's like oh jeez. <laughs> wow. uh so yeah condemned is probably uh one of my favorite spooky games that uh doesn't doesn't ratchet up the ratchet up the horror part too much because i i think i'm like russin a little bit where like resident evil one is a is a spooky game to play but it's not like uber spooky uh when you talk about like resident evil 7 i heard a lot of people uh, or like uh, PT, right? PT was like genuinely freaking me the f out. Like when you like seeing stuff and the the stuff that's going around, that was like really ramping it up too much for uh, for me. So condemned, I think is is a nice balance. Are you, Mister uh, Rich? Are you uh, into the uh, the the scary games? I I wouldn't say I'm into them, but I do have a few. Like uh, condemned reminds me of fear in that in that way. Oh, yeah. There's some that. like unnerving bits in fear, so that's a good one. But I have to go to Silent Hill, um, the mm. first one on PlayStation 1, with that good old fog. That fog really, the fog and the radio really carried the atmosphere in that game where you would just hear the static on the radio and you don't know where the noise is coming from and where the threat is coming from, but you knew something was nearby. So that that was really good. I enjoyed that atmosphere. For me, I thought I was going to be the, the big coward uh, of the panel. And... Um, <laughs> It turns out that I'm not because, like, I have two scary games that I really like, and I would consider them both to be pretty low on the spooky factor, but really high on, like, the... Well, one of them is really high on the jump scare factor, and the other one's very high on the creepy factor, but neither of them are gross because I don't like gross. Um, So the the one that I think is probably my favorite scary game of all time and it's going to be the one that I submit to Steam Pals and thank you for reminding me of that because I forgot um, <laughs> and that's going to be Alien Isolation that mm. game is unbelievably good as far as like nailing the atmosphere of the Alien movie uh, and like you play as Ripley's daughter uh, who's out there looking for Ripley after the Nostromo is found um, so you're out there looking for, her and you're on this big space station and spoilers, there's an alien on there too. And this thing, like it's essentially, it's unkillable. Like you can't kill it. You don't have weapons, so you have to hide from it. And it, they're like, it's a space station. So there's ducks and, um, uh, like tunnels and stuff that it can travel through and you have to travel through sometimes. And on top of that. There's a bunch of people who are all like just like turning on each other. Uh, and there's a bunch of androids that want to kill you if you don't like follow their instructions right away. So, like, everything wants to kill you all the time. And your best defense is like building these noisemakers so that. If the alien comes after you, you can throw that in like the in the general direction of some other people, and the alien will go kill them instead of you. <laughs> and then you can you can like hide under stuff or hide in lockers, and the alien will be like walking around the room, and you can see its feet walking around the room as you're hiding underneath a thing, or you can you're you're hiding in a locker and you're looking through the slots of the locker, and it'll come right up to the locker and like give a sniff. And you have to hold your breath. So, like, you're holding, you have to hold a button. And if you hold your breath for too long, like, your character will will panic or whatever. So, like, it comes up to the, to the grate of the locker and you're holding your breath trying not to get found. And uh, it's just, it's such a great experience. I feel like even people who don't like horror games would like this game. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. The other game that I want to recommend is Guilt. It's not currently available on anything. Um, it was on Stadia. It was really good. You play as this little girl looking for her cousin or something, and um, you're like in this weird world where like there's weird, creepy things, and it, 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 there's no gore. It did, it did come to Steam. Oh, it's it. It's out now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. So yep, how much yep. is it? Do you know? Nineteen ninety nine. Okay, it's worth it. It's such a it's such a good game. It's really short, but it's really really good, especially if you like the idea of stuff that's a little spooky. 
but not gross or gory in any way. Um, and I re- and you know, Carrie, you reminded me of it when you mentioned the. I think it was Carrie that mentioned the the mannequins. Yep. In, mm-hmm. in that one game, like there's like these weird doll people in that game, and they're really creepy. But I, I figured this time of year, people are always talking about scary games, so I wanted to mention that. Uh, anything else? from you guys um, about spooky games when you talk about alien isolation there is a game that i played briefly but then stopped uh because it was just too much for me uh it's called amnesia uh mm. i think the first one was dark I descent that game and yes yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah there so like there's things like that but it, it was like preying on all the things that was like even worse for me so it's like you had to like run from this guy and you had to like click and drag to open up the door and click to like drag to close Ugh. it <laughs> uh but it also did a thing where you had to hide uh, but you had to hide, and if you saw the thing that was trying to kill you, you'd go even more insane. So you had to, like, hide and look at the wall and just oh. hear it. And you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was a <laughs> game that, that was too much for me. I was like, no, I can't I can't be messing with this. I, w- I did want to share, uh, did you guys ever play Eternal Darkness on oh, yeah. GameCube? Mm-hmm. That was a game where I just have a funny memory about it, but me and my two best friends at the time, we, uh, this was kind of later in the GameCube era. I think we were already like moving on to other stuff, like the Xbox 360 era. But we were like, let's get the GameCube out. Let's get this game on Gamefly, and then we're going to play it, and we're just going to dedicate a whole day to it. And we were here in Hawaii. We, like, blacked out all the curtains, so it was dark in the room, and we, like, we met up at 8 a.m., and we're like, we're just going to play it all day. That's all we're going to do, because we hear all these great things about this being the sleeper hit or whatever, and we got an hour into it, and we're like, no, this is so dumb. <laughs> and so we never played that game. It's, apparently, it's supposed to get, get pretty good, you know, near the end game where you, like, get this feeling where you're going insane or whatever. We never got that far. We had all these ambitions. You know, we had our like Cheetos out and our Mountain Dew. And we were just going to play through the whole <laughs> game and we did it all. It's pretty funny. That is that's awesome. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of The Nerd Nest. But if you're looking for more, like if you're like, hey, I kind of enjoyed this conversation and I want to hear more of this conversation, you should check out the Patreon um, before we started recording this episode. We had like a whole bunch of extra stuff that we talked about and you can find that over at patreon.com slash nerd nest it's the patreon for this podcast and uh hope to see you guys over there uh this is the first time that we're doing like that bonus content but that's something that uh hopefully we're going to continue to do in the future and uh if you haven't already checked out all of these guys channels make sure that you do carrie uh what's your next video that you got coming out uh, it's still the same one that I was supposed to do last week. It's just that uh, timing has been really brutal for me lately. So I am still uh, looking to finish up today uh, B-Link's uh, SCR7, which is their mm-hmm. latest um, SBC single board. Well, it's a little knock. Uh, it's really nice. And I'm going to be finishing that up. And that's going to be hopefully for tomorrow. All right, Russ, what's next for you? I'm working on this little handheld called the M17. It looks like a little Nintendo Switch, kind of. But uh, it's cheap. It's like 50 bucks. Um, But the thing about it is it's super sturdy, and it has a physical on-off switch, which is not very common in a lot of these emulators and stuff. So I think it's actually going to be a really great device for kids. And so I'm going to finish up that video today, probably have it out tomorrow. And so uh, I think that'll be an interesting one that you could maybe get and, you know, fix up for your kid and then give it as a gift kind of thing. Can't go wrong for 50 bucks. Rich, what's your next video? I just wrapped my Ineo Kuhn review, so hopefully that should be available tomorrow. we got to work on the thumbnail, things like that. But yeah, should be ready tomorrow, or I guess today if we're... Are you launching this on Monday? Uh, well, we'll see. I got a lot of editing to do to see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we must be pre-show. We have a we talked a lot of stuff, so I got I got a lot of work to do. But we'll see when this comes out. Uh, um, but yeah. uh, make sure that you well, my review check should out, be there. Yeah, make sure you check out Fan the Deck, uh, Retro Game Core, and the Fox on YouTube. There's links down below if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, and if you're listening to this in your favorite podcast player do us a favor and click on the five stars for whatever it is that you you use because it really does help out. Uh, From the Nerd Nest, stay awesome, everybody. Mm